This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. How does a person get to heaven? Is it possible for a person to have a heavenly kind of life here on earth? Can one really experience an abundantly happy brand of life, which we sometimes call eternal, even while here on this earth? If the answer to these questions is yes, then what's the secret? How do we get it? You can hear all kinds of answers to these questions today. Some people say that you need to walk up and down the streets and chant. Some say you have to make a trip to a certain distant holy shrine, either personally or by proxy, before you die. Some believe that the road to eternal life is by a certain kind of mental conditioning that brings you in touch with God. Others say you find eternal life by refraining from doing certain things which are scorned by some who are either too old or too feeble to enjoy them. Well, what's the right answer? How do we come to have that abundant, joyful, happy, peaceful life in which we are delivered from all those things that would pull us apart? Well, let's go way back to the first question I asked. How does a person get to heaven? The Apostle Peter states it very plainly in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. I invite you to take your Bible and read that. We're going to be talking about these verses. It talks about the blood of Jesus. Blood is the most precious thing in a person's body. One may have a perfectly framed and beautiful body, but if it's drained of its blood, then it becomes nothing but a dead object. The American Red Cross, as well as many other organizations and agencies, will go to great lengths to encourage people to donate blood so that others may live. If human blood is this precious, how much more so is the precious blood of Christ? Now, the subject of the blood is one that's been banished from a lot of modern-day pulpits. There are those who say this is too gory, too lacking in refinement. And some hymns that speak of the blood of Christ have been removed from certain hymnals, I've been told. Oh, what a tragedy that is. When you remove the rich and meaningful symbolism of the blood, then you remove that which is at the very heart of our Christian faith. When the New Testament speaks of the blood of Christ, it does not refer only to that which was spilled on the cross of Calvary. It has reference to that which was, uh, that, that spilled blood signified, what it stood for. Today, if anyone were to give up all their blood, they would certainly at the same time give their life. This is what we mean when we speak of the precious blood of Christ. It refers to his life. The blood of Christ, then, stands for the whole idea that Jesus died for our sins. He gave his life for us on the cross. In a real sense, when we speak of the blood of Christ, we're speaking of the gospel. For this is truly at the very heart of what Jesus came to earth to do, to bring salvation to guilty sinners like you and me. What does the Bible have to say about the power of the precious blood of Christ? great preacher of many years ago, whom I've quoted very often in sermon, Dr. Clarence McCartney, 
said you can sum this up in four great statements. He says, the blood of Christ justifies, redeems, reconciles, and cleanses. This morning I want to use Dr. McCartney's four words, and I'll fill in my own thinking around these words. First, the word justifies. Paul says in Romans, being now justified by his blood, that's Romans 5 verse 9. This implies that we need to be set straight, made right again, realigned. We've broken God's law, and this demands that the penalty be paid. A holy and a just God could not disregard our sin, nor could he make light of them, as so many people do today. God solved this problem by allowing his only begotten son to die for us on the cross. We deserved to die. We did the sinning, but Jesus died in our place. That's not a casual matter, not a simple salvation, nor cheap grace. No, it's a serious business when one is willing to die for another. Over the doors of a church in Germany, there's cut into the stone the image of a beautiful lamb. This is how the lamb appeared, happened to, to be there. A man at work on the steeple of that church when it was being built lost his footing and fell to the ground below. A flock of sheep just happened to be grazing in the churchyard and this man's fall was broken by a little lamb. The fall of the man killed that lamb but the man's life was miraculously saved. And so in his gratitude, the man cut into the stone above the doors of the church, the image of the lamb that saved his life. So we too are saved, we're pardoned, we are made right again in God's sight. We are justified by the precious blood of Christ, who is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We sing in one of our songs, He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Another thing about this precious blood of Christ is that it redeems. There are many titles, many names given to Jesus in the Bible, but none is greater than the title Redeemer. It's an interesting thing to note that these days we have to explain what we mean by the word redeem. When the Apostle Peter said that people are redeemed by his blood, no explanation was needed. Half the world was in slavery back then. People were constantly being bought and sold, regardless of the color of their skin. When a man was held in slavery, his family or some kind-hearted friend would perhaps redeem that man with gold or silver or maybe precious stones. The precious blood of Christ is the price that was paid for your sins and mine. We were in slavery to sin, and Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many, Matthew 20, 28. Yes, through the precious blood of Christ, we are redeemed. In one of the church, one of the cathedrals in England, there lie side by side the image of a knight and his lady. But there's one thing that's rather strange about the lady. On her image, lying beside the man she loved, visitors will notice that her right hand is missing. It's a very interesting story of how this happened. 
In one of the wars of the Crusades, this English knight fighting under Richard the Lionhearted was taken prisoner. When he begged Saladin, the Muslim conqueror, to set him free and spare his life for the sake of his lady love back in England, Saladin scoffed at him, saying, Before long she'll forget all about him and she'll fall in love with another. But the knight assured him that she would never do that, but she would remain ever faithful to his memory. So Saladin asked for proof of that, and he said that if this lady, his love, would send her right hand as evidence of her love for her husband, then he would set the knight free. The letter reached the lady in England, who promptly had her right hand cut off and sent to the Muslim conqueror. And when Saladin saw it, he set the knight free and sent him back to England. That severed hand was proof of the lady's love for her knight. And God proved his love to us, not just in the loss of a hand or an arm, but by the loss of his own son, who came to set us free to redeem us. Isn't that worth singing about? We often sometimes sing, I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me on the cruel cross he suffered to pay the price to set me free. A third thing about this precious blood of Jesus is that it reconciles. Hundreds of years ago, the prophet Isaiah said, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Isaiah 59 verse 2. Even in human relationships, wrongdoing always produces separation, alienation. The sad fact that so many marriages break up today testifies to the reality that wrongdoing separates and alienates those who were once close together. Now, if this is true between individuals, how much more true it is between man and God. Sin always separates from us from God. Look at Cain, whose sin went out from the presence of the Lord. Or look at Judas, who betrayed his Lord and then went out and it was night. Or look at Peter, who denied Christ. He went out and wept bitterly. How can we get right with God once again when we have sinned, when we feel uncomfortable in God's presence? How can we ever get back and become involved in church activities when we've been away for it for so long? How can we ever have that good feeling restored to the way it was so long ago when things were right between us and God? Well, God knows the answer, and He has given us the answer the precious blood of Christ. Jesus died to reconcile man to God and mankind to each other. Have you ever stopped to think that if you can't get along with another person whom you know, then the wonderful truth is that Jesus died. He shed his precious blood so that you might be right with that person once again. The precious blood of Christ reconciles. Years ago, I heard a story in a western city. A husband and wife became estranged. They parted from each other. Their marriage was shot. It was gone. Leaving that city, they went their separate ways to live in different parts of the country. Some years afterward, the husband chanced to return to this city on a business trip. 
And when he finished his business, he went out to the cemetery where their only son was buried. He had died while the couple were still living together happily as husband and wife. As the man stood by his boy's grave, his heart reflecting on the tender thoughts of memories of better days gone by, he heard a step on the gravel beside him. <coughs> Turning around, he saw his estranged wife, who had come on the same errand to see their son's grave. For a moment, they were both tempted to turn away and leave, but somehow they did not. Instead, they realized that they had a common binding interest in that grave. For some reason, they joined hands over the grave of their son. And this proved to be the beginning of their getting back together. It takes nothing less than the precious blood of Christ to reconcile us. Yes, it can happen to you right now. Perhaps the one from whom you have gone away is God himself. Just when we needed to have him show us some love and acceptance, God came down to us in the form of his son, Jesus, so that we could be reconciled with him. You see, there's power in the blood of Jesus. Finally, one more thing that the precious blood of Christ does. It cleanses. You say, but blood stains. How can it cleanse? Well, this is indeed a strange but wonderful truth. The blood of Christ, instead of staining, washes out the stain of sin. There's a hymn that we sing sometimes. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Have you ever felt that your own sins are just too great for God to forgive? Oh, sure, you've heard all your life that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sin. But think about how great my sins are, you say. Would God lie to you? Would he purposefully deceive you? Of course not. One day an army general was waiting at his quarters for another officer to come and see him. He began to flip through the pages of a Bible that he happened to see on the desk. His eyes fell on those words from John's Gospel, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin, 1 John 1, 7. Closing the Bible, this general said, if this be true, then from this day on, I'm going to live by the grace of God as a man should live who has been washed in the blood of Christ. And so, today as you look at your own life, would you say that you are truly a testimony to the fact that you have been washed by His blood? Sin leaves a crimson stain, but He washes that stain whiter than snow. If you have some confessing to God that you ought to be doing, would you breathe a, a little prayer right now? Right now you can experience that wonderful cleansing that Jesus wants to give you. You don't have to leave wherever you are right now, uncleansed, unforgiven. Jesus has paid it all for you. <coughs> would you pray with me? <coughs> Father, thank you so much for the precious blood of Jesus.
And these days now before Easter, we've been thinking about what Jesus did for us on that old rugged cross. And we come once again this morning just to thank you that he shed his precious blood to give us eternal life, to give us a way to heaven to be with you. Thank you, Lord, for every expression of your love and most of all, for the precious blood of Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.